their prayer was dancing around to the spirit beings hoping that rain would come, doing the Indian prayer dance. Um, for pagans, it's a, a seance where there's a Ouija board perhaps and trying to communicate with the dead. That, that's a sort of prayer, a communicating with the spirit world. For Buddhists, it's sitting in the lotus position, chanting a mantra just to connect themselves to their spirit because they don't believe they're praying to a god. And for some Buddhists, even it means writing prayers on flags and hanging them up so as they, they wave in the wind, they, they pray, or putting them on cylinders that they can spin. And, and these words that they've written will, will pray, whatever that means for them. For New Agers, it means meditation, means thinking, emptying yourself perhaps. And then filling yourself, like the Christians would, emptying yourself. But still, there's a, a sort of trying to get in touch with your inner being. And for secular Americans, I, I don't really know what it means, but anytime there's a tragedy, how many times you've heard people or seen people on television, or our thoughts and prayers are with them. Here are people who flat out deny the existence of God, the fact that there was a creator and they say our thoughts and prayers are with you. I don't know what that means, but, but somehow there is a, a recognition of the spiritual element. For Catholic and Jews, it's about the exact words you pray, even Muslims, about praying the exact words to God or to Allah. For Christians, really, in the Bible, it just speaks about talking with God. It's communicating with God. My message this morning is entitled, How to Pray. It's intended to be a real practical counsel for all of us this morning. And fortunately for us, when we think about how to pray, Jesus asked that very question to his disciples in Luke chapter 11. The very first verse, you can see it there. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. Or in other words, you might say this, Lord, teach us to pray. They'd seen Jesus pray. They wanted to learn from this. It prompted their question. And, and so this morning, there was something very attractive about the, the prayer life of Jesus. The disciples wanted to get a piece of it. And he was more than willing to give them a, a piece of it. And I just pray that his words might profit us this morning. There are really two answers to this question. The first comes in verses 2 through 4. The second in verses 5 through 13. You know, I'm, we're probably just going to get through 2 through 4 today. And I'm not promising a part 2 at all in my message. I'm just saying that I just wanted to be real, real topical, if you will. Just let these words spring forth from them. But, but in the spirit of what Jesus said, absolutely, let's, let's catch it. Let's learn. So Jesus said to them, verse 2, When you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, Jesus gives some words to pray. They're familiar to many of us, oftentimes called the Lord's Prayer. Better called the Disciples' Prayer because the Lord prayed His prayer in John 17 and these are the, the words He gave His disciples to pray. And you may notice that these words are a bit different than what we're, we're used to, right? A few phrases missing. If you know the Lord's Prayer, let's say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So you, you look at Luke's version here of the Lord's Prayer, and it's a bit different than what we normally pray. What we normally pray is closely tied to Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. But Luke gives us a little bit different wording here. It's probably because Jesus taught the same thing. He was a traveling evangelist. He had his messages that he went and traveled around. He wasn't delivering messages to the same group of people week in, week out as a pastor does. He was an evangelist delivering the same message to different groups of people. And on this occasion, he just changed what we were to say. And so one of the things that that's, we point out, in fact, is that because the wording is different, it means that the exact phrases of how we pray isn't important. What's important, I believe, is the pattern. And the simple pattern we, we have here, and this is going to be my major outline today, is this, that we begin with God and His character. He's in, heavy, he's in heaven, He is holy, He's got a kingdom that's coming. And then, and only then, we come to our requests. We pray for our physical needs, like our daily bread. We pray for our, our spiritual needs, like forgiveness of sins and help in temptation. And I think that pattern's important, right? We God first, and then us. Those would be my two points this morning, God first and then us but my first point in my prepared notes you got there is is pray with a pattern pray with a pattern is what we're talking about here praying god first and then then our words that's how jesus taught us to pray so when you pray pray like this right talk about our father acknowledge him who he is and then pray for your daily bread and your spiritual transgressions to be forgiven and help and temptation god first and then us now that's not to say that that's the only way to pray Because there are many biblical prayers that don't follow this pattern. I mean, you read through the Psalms many, many, many times. The psalmist just begins with a request to God. Psalm 4, verse 1. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Psalm 5, verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Psalm 6, verse 1. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger. Just requests right off the get-go. And there are many more like that. So it's not as if this prayer is the only acceptable pattern that God will ever accept from our lips. And in fact, I think especially helpful is during the time and crisis of trouble is this prayer. Help! It's one of the most profound, simplest, well-heard prayers that, that God answers. But I would say that prayer for help to God, it either has a foundation or it doesn't have a foundation. There are many times where people without thought of God come upon some crisis or trial or danger, and they say, help, without any foundation. God says, the prayer of the wicked is an abomination to me, and I will not hear them. But for the one who's saturated in the Bible, who loves Christ, who's serving Him, when He says, help, it's all based upon everything that He knows and He's prayed before for years. That God is great, that He is glorious, that He's the one who can rescue, and that my trust is not in myself, but it's in Christ and that His glory is what I seek, and I'm loving the, the church and gathering together. Help! That's the one who God helps. And I would contend that when the psalmists just start praying, it's that they've got a, a foundation behind them, a foundation that has started with God first and them next. And so, if you're looking, though, about learning about prayer, when Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He didn't say, when you pray, say, help! He said, when you pray, 
pray this way. Begin with God and then come to your request. So let's think about this. I'm trying to be real practical today. How do you pray? Low level. Low level shelf. Well, you pray about God. You say, what, what should we pray about God? Well, we got a prayer manual here on our hands or in the pews, right? And this ought to be what guides you in that because this is what teaches us so what it is to, we're to know about God. So you let the Bible begin. And so a good place to begin is in the Psalms, prayers. So I just picked out the beginning of, of a bunch of Psalms. I just want you to catch this, okay? Psalm 8, one. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Psalm 19, 1 and 2. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims its handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. And night to night reveals knowledge. It's acknowledging God and who He is. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is a Lord's and all it contains. The fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. For He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 29, verse 1. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name and worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Beginning with God. Psalm 50, verse 1. The mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the setting. It's the one to whom we pray. Psalm 65, verse 1. Praises do you, O God of Zion, and to you shall my vows be performed. Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had ever formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalm 93, 1 and 2. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established and it can never be moved. Your throne, O God, is from everlasting. It's established from of old. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Psalm 104, 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, You are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering Yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. Psalm 121, verse 1. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 148, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His hosts. And we could go on and on and on in the Psalms. I wanted to give you an effect, overwhelm you of the the grandeur and the greatness of the God to whom we pray. Not only the Psalms, but we could go to the prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah. There is plenty of data in those prophets or Ezekiel or Daniel or Hezekiah or Jonah or Habakkuk or Nahum. There's plenty of data about the transcendent power and majesty of God that might resonate in our hearts that we might, might then be set forth to, to put God first and then us next. 
Isaiah 6.1, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the, the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. That's the God to whom we pray. Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Oh, what a great verse to pray before we think about our elections. This next year in Iowa tomorrow who brings princes to nothing and makes rulers of the earth as emptiness. And we can also look upon the goodness and compassion of God. Isaiah 53, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. What a great way to start thinking about the prophesied Messiah coming to die for our sins. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Daniel 4. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. He does according to his will in the host of heaven among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand. And none can say to him, what hast thou done? We could go to the New Testament. Whether it's the Psalms, whether it's the prophets. You go to the New Testament Acts 17, 24 and 25, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all life and breath and all things. Or Ephesians 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of the will, His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Start your prayers with God, my dear ones. You go to the book of Revelation and pray, as they do in heaven. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Or you could turn to your hymnal. This is very valuable. These are poets have written of God. And you can, you can just turn and open these to, to any, any hymn that you, you want. Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before Thee, opening to the sun of love. Just, just has a way of putting it nicely. The, the truth of the Scripture, or fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of 
all nature. O thou of God and man the Son, thee will I cherish, thee will I honor, thou my soul's glory, joy, and crown. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? Her amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Let me go on and on and on and on about resources that we have. You, you could read the, um, the, the Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision like we do at, at, at church here sometimes. You get other devotionals and just, they're, they're good, they're rich, pray those. But the pattern of prayer Jesus gave us began with God. Psalms, prophets, New Testament hymns. And here's the amazing thing, catch it. When we, when we set our minds first on God, it's amazing how the things on earth suddenly get placed in their proper place. Suddenly your problems don't quite seem as big as you thought. And some of your quests, requests might not seem so appropriate as they were only for your own good and your own glory rather than the glory of the supreme God who sits in thrones above the heavens. Now, it's not to say that you're not important. It's not to say that your requests are not important because you are. It's God's love that's been poured out through the Holy, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And God cares for us. He, he cares for the sparrows. If he cares for the sparrows, doesn't he care for us? He does. And though he is transcendent, he also is imminent as well. That is, though he is high and lofty and exalted, he also cares and dwells and lifts up the needy and the humble. But focusing our heart first upon God gives us this helpful pattern. And if you're looking for words to pray, turn to the words of Scripture. Old Testament, New Testament, the great hymns of the faith. And then continue on your quest. And you can do that confidently. Now it's interesting that oftentimes we're taught that, that when we pray, right, we, we have to close our eyes when we pray. Like, I, like I, can't, I can't read the Bible when I pray. Where in the Bible does it says you need to close your eyes when you pray? I'm still looking for that verse. Okay? If anything, Jesus lifted up his eyes towards heaven and prayed. You can pray with your eyes wide open. Did you know that? Kids, did you know that? Nathan, did you know that? I know, you're a sharp tack. That's why you know that. And you can pray with your eyes wide open, and you can open to a scripture and pray. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. He's talking about God's love for Jerusalem. You can pray with your eyes open. And so you can just thumb through the scriptures and pray to God. Pray is, in fact, praying back his prayer manual back to God. That's what he's given it to us for. Better, however, is if you memorize scripture. Because when you, when you memorize scripture, you're not focusing on understanding what you've read. It's already been in, it's processed, it's understood. And now you're praying back from understanding. You're praying God's words which you've intaken and you're praying it back to God with understanding. You internalize it in your heart and giving it to God. And, and I mean, I, I think about 
you know, we've been working on the, the fighter verses from uh, Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. We've got bookmarks in the back. We, we've worked really hard. We've got bookmarks in the back. We have CDs in the back of, of all these, these verses. Um, and a stuff for Sunday email team always includes the verse of the week. Uh, there's an app that you can, you can get on, on any smart device. You can go to a website, fighterverses.com. It's, it's all laid out. There are songs for the verse of the week. There's, there's commentaries that we often read in our family worship just to kind of explain the verse and, and talk about the verse. And we've done what we could to promote these verses, whatever we can. We're just saying, hey, if you're looking for something to memorize, why don't you, why don't you, here's, here's some good ones. If you've got some other ones, then that's, that's good. But you can, you can do these. And there's even a, a form of light accountability. At the beginning of our prayer meeting each week, we, we take about 30 seconds and we say, okay, has anyone memorized this? We say, okay. And uh, then we say, okay, let's say it together. And we say it together and then we, we carry on. But that's kind of light. If you didn't memorize it, that's okay. I mean, no one's pointing the fingers. Oh, they're not, not doing it. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we don't get it. But here's, okay, next week, you got a, you got a new shot at things. Romans 12, 1 and 2 this week. So this week was Romans chapter 11, 33 through 36. I know there's some of you have been working on memorizing that. Let's just say it together. If you, if you can say it with me, let's say it. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable his paths. For who has known the mind of a Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Now before this week, I knew about those verses. It's the culmination of the book of Romans. Right there talking about the great mercies of God. And, and how unbelievable just God's plan of salvation is. And His sovereignty and His working. Um, but I, I'd never memorized them really before. Until this week. Still I'm struggling with them a little bit. But as we review them a little bit. We'll, we'll be there. And I encourage you. Verses that you've memorized. To, to use in your prayers. So this week. We uh, meet in our elders' meeting. This was uh, Thursday morning, 6 o'clock. And uh, this is our habit. We shared some things about the church. And then we got down on our knees, Phil, Darren, and I. And here's the prayer that Darren prayed. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways who has known the mind of a Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Oh God, may we be reminded of, of who you are, of, of your riches. God, that you know far beyond what we know. And Father, I pray that we would realize where we do. We sit as those who are under you and would pray. God, that you would give us wisdom in leading this church and that you would help us, God, in guiding this church in humility and grace, God, for your glory. God, help those who are struggling. God, strengthen the weak. God, give us wisdom and courage how to press on ahead. pray in Jesus' name, amen. Something like that, okay? That wasn't exactly it. But you see the riches of starting just with a verse, what God has said, and reflecting upon that and using that to... To respond off of that. 
And if it's memorized, shows that you just, you just have it there. But there's nothing wrong with just opening Scripture and, and reading it. And if you need something you've memorized, how about this? How about reciting the Lord's Prayer before you pray? You know the Lord's Prayer. You can, you can pray that. But you want to learn to pray? You want to pray? First God and then us. You want to be helped to focus on God? Use Scripture as your guide to do that. You want to pray from the heart? Well, memorize that Scripture you're going to pray. Fighter verses that laid it all out. You're more than welcome to use those. In fact, I was, I was looking at these verses, right? Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Verse I never knew until just recently. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him, who keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Deuteronomy 10, 12 and 13. Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to love the Lord your God, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today for your good. Or John 1, 12 and 13. But for all who received Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of God, man, but of God. All those would be appropriate to begin. And I, I know the next one, but I'm going to memorize it different version. And, and this just didn't come. I've been working on these, and we're trying to push those to our family. Our family's been doing them. But they're all like, like a verse to push you to think about, the God, about God or about the gospel or something. And then pray for yourself. All right, so let's, let's, let's go on with this pattern. We, we've seen God first, then us. <clears throat> let's continue, three and four. This is talking about us. He says, okay, after you've prayed about God, and that was a big expansion, a loose expansion of verse two, okay, let's pray about us. And I'm going to be equally as loose here. Verses three and four. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. <clears throat> First observation here. Did you notice the tense of the pronouns in these verses? You know what I mean? Tense of the pronouns. Oh, we need grammar. We're we going back to seventh grade again. Yes, we are. What's the tense of the pronouns? Help me. Okay, a, a pronoun, is, a verb would be present. A pronoun is, takes the place of a noun. He, she, it, them, they. These, case of these, these are. Plural, plural, look, look at it there, us, our, us, our, we, us, us. What, what does that mean if it's plural? Okay, singular means one, all right, real basic. Plural means two or three or four or five or ten or fifty or a hundred or a thousand, okay? And this is... Plural. What does that mean for the Lord's Prayer? We should pray it with others. This is a public prayer. Now, all the counsel I've given you about God first and then, then others is true, is good, is helpful. And you can do that alone in your closet. That is fine and that's wonderful. You can pray this alone. In fact, I've prayed this many, many, many times alone. And it didn't strike me until this week. Hey, I should be praying this with other people. And I do. We start our kids club oftentimes praying with this, this prayer. Um, just trying to teach that to our kids. 
Um, but I've always prayed, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, give us this day. Where If I'm going to pray it like I should, I should, I should really pray it like this. Give me each day my daily bread. And forgive me my sins, for I forgive everyone who's indebted to me and lead me not to temptation. That's what you should pray if you're in your closet alone. But this should be for all of us. Our messages in January have been on prayer. The aim is really to help promote our prayer meeting. Thank you for all of you who've who've responded. We had about maybe 50 people there today. I'm not sure. We just continue to want to go that just to be demonstrably to pray dependent upon God in every way. And this gives you an opportunity just to pray together. There, there is private prayer. There is prayer with couples and families and small groups and church. And it's just our application there. If at all possible, I'd encourage you to attend. Encourage you to make a prayer. Now, I know some, it's difficult. Small kids, late nights, I don't know. Whatever makes it difficult. But we're in Luke, 1, Luke 11, verse 3. Here it is. Give us each day our daily bread. Do you notice how mundane that is? I mean, we're talking prayer for our daily food. How much your daily food cost? Depends on your diet. Okay. If you're just rice and beans and water, really trying to reduce that that bill, um, $2, maybe $3. If you're throwing in some good healthy meat there and good vegetables and fruits and stuff like that maybe eight dollars a day i don't know maybe ten if you're going out to eat okay um you know if you're going out to eat on a daily basis you can just push that up to about 50 all right so you want to save money stay home all right eat eat your home stuff but anyway we're talking jesus is talking about praying for five or ten dollars that's pretty small. It's like it's like praying for a Lego set. Real small. No, Lego, those are a lot much more expensive than that. So talk about praying for a little toy or a mug or five things at the dollar store. Oh, God, I'm praying for those five plastic cups that I can get. So we're talking about. We're talking about the very mundane, and I just say this, church family, when it comes to prayer, nothing is too small to bring to God. Nothing is too small. If, if you're burdened on your heart for that, then pray for that. Especially, nothing is too big in exalting God, and nothing is too small to bring it to God. Now, when it comes to food, we in a fluent America, our problem isn't having enough. It's having too much. We could pray, oh God, keep us from too much bread today. Have you ever prayed for what you eat? Meaning, have you ever prayed about your diet? Prayed for the willpower, oh God, to help me not eat? I don't think that's too big. We can pray for $5. And when, when you pray, you just communicate to God... Whatever is burdening you. First Peter 5, 7, right? Cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. Psalm 55, He will sustain you. Right? 
just, just letting him know because he cares for you, casting all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Or she might say, give him your cares because he, he cares. He cares about those. He will lighten your burden. So whatever it is, whether it's your kids, if you have a burden for your kids somehow, whether it's some habit that your spouse does or your kids do, they, they leave the, the cabinet doors open. Okay, pray for that if it bothers you. God, give them the strength to close the cabinet doors. Okay? Or if they leave their clothes on the ground, God, give them strength to just pick that up. Or if you have a messy husband, Yvonne, you can pray this. Help him to be clean, oh God. Help him to see that just 30 extra seconds of cleaning helps it. Right? Say amen. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty quiet. Whatever the burden. We have a burden for cars. Gishel family had a car run out, but it was in the driveway. So they had three cars to take place of their one today. Or, or your furnace having some kind of problems. Or, or you know, what, whatever, some kind of struggle at work or some home project that's not getting done or, or maybe some finances are, are bringing this up or just even something simple about shoveling the snow or that, all that ice down at the edge of the driveway that, that when you go out to check your mail, it's just hard to navigate over. Maybe even something like that. Maybe some kind of tests coming up or maybe some kind of grades or maybe some... Some kind of event or some kind of meeting or some kind of whatever's on your heart. I just say, no matter how small, no matter how small, pray for it. Now, here's what's interesting is the first part of my message may require some some reading and some training and some work and some diligence just to think about how can I think grand thoughts of God. Um, But this point, zero, like like, like no, no training, no, no reading, no knowledge. It's just kind of like whatever's on your heart. Like when you talk to someone, don't you like just say what's on your heart and you just kind of communicate to them? You, you don't go back and say, oh, I got to, I'm going to talk to my wife today. Hmm, what, what's a good verse? I'm going to talk to my wife today. You, you don't. You just say, hi, honey, how are you doing? Good. Uh, Oh, I see this. And you just talk about whatever you do. Well, same with God. That's all prayer is. Prayer is just communicating with God. And you don't need any training in this. That's what Jesus is getting at. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Just talking about the burdens of our heart. And their burden was for food for the day. Psalm 62, verse 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, O peoples. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. So what I'm talking about, just... Pouring out your heart to God. He's ready and willing and open to hearing it. Even when it's a struggle. You read through the psalmist and they're struggling, they're doubting, they're in difficulty, they're in dire straits. And they're, they're like being real honest with God. And I just say, you don't have to... God knows, God knows if you're faking. So be real with God. But let me show you how you don't need any instruction regarding prayer. I just want to give you an illustration, okay? Let's think about the beggar on the street. Maybe you've seen them, but for some reason or another, he's got nothing. Typically, they say, oh, i just down on my luck. Probably because they made bad decisions in their life. And probably because they don't have any family to take care of them because they've already worn out their welcome with their family. So that's probably the one who begs. But doesn't have anything... And so he begs. 
He begs for anyone to give him any kind of help because he has no resources of his own. Now, can you picture with me a training class for beggars? Right, some, some groups of people, oh, here, why don't you come to my training class on Saturday, right? Goes out to all the beggars and pass out a business card and says, oh, why don't you come to a training class? And so then they, they come and they gather in this nice hotel banquet room and they sit down there with their pads and their, their pencils and they're, they're all ready to teach them. He says, okay, okay, first thing, guys, when you beg, choose your location. You got you to choose it well. Right? Choose a place with lots of foot traffic, right? where there's, there's lots of people coming in and out. Because if you're going to maximize your earning potential, right, you need to go to a place where you encounter a lot of different approachable people like subway stations or metro stops or truck stops or urban campuses. And, and maybe just even place yourself directly just right outside the door that everybody goes outside the door. So maximum efficiency in terms of seeing people. Location is, is crucial. Or... You can just choose a place where there's a lot of auto traffic, right? Make a sign. Just, just take, get a piece of cardboard from the garbage or the dumpster or from the recycling center and, and find something to, to write with and make the, the lettering really bold and clear so it's a real clear message so people can read it as they, they drive by. And you can post it on the, the median of an intersection or, or an on-ramp where we're seen by lots of people. Now, this requires little effort on your behalf. You just kind of hold up the sign, but... It's also easier for people to ignore you when they're in their cars as opposed to if they're just walking by. And if you're going to stand outside like that rather than inside in a subway station or bus station or something like that, uh, the summer months are a little bit better for that. Okay, there's your location. Okay, second, keep moving. Right? Don't stay at the same place too long because then the, the people of the neighborhood or the people of the, uh, the, the coffee shop are just going to give you some heat. The staff's going to be there and, and you're, not, you're not going to be helped with that anyway. You're going to wear out your welcome. Maybe maybe same people see you every day. Oh, I saw that guy there yesterday. Yep, he was there the day before. Yep, the day before. And it becomes, Those are the people who aren't going to help you with, with any. And so aim to hit up like the same place maybe once a month. Like, so like maybe put up a rotation schedule. Put it on your calendar. So you say, okay, I'm on this day on the first of the month, this day the second of the month, this day the third of the month, okay? Location, keep moving. Okay, now when you ask for money, be polite, right? If there's, there's one thing guaranteed to fail, right? Um, get you in lots of troubles when you start demanding money from strangers. Be rude and, and confrontational. That will get you in trouble with the, the police. But smile and be courteous and, and thank anybody who gives you anything. Whether they, Even thank them if they didn't give you anything. And, and be believable. All right? So whatever, whatever you're tacked, okay? whether you're telling a lie or telling the truth, at least be believable. Right? And make sure that your, your dress matches your story. So you know if you've been been homeless and out for a long time, then, then show like you've been out there. But if you're just saying, hey, I'm traveling through, don't look like you've been sleeping outside. So, so make it believable and be specific, right? I need 40 cents for a cup of coffee. Can you help me out? Or I need, I need $15 for a bus ticket. The more specific that you are, the better opportunity you have to be answered. Be clear and concise. Excuse me, sir, I'm sorry to bother you, but you just a spare change? That's, that's much better. Just ask for anything. I need blank for blank, right? I need... $2 for this burger, or I need $15 for this um, bus ticket. And I just say, be sympathetic. People are more than willing to, willing to help. And, and, and whether you lie or tell the truth, at least store up some empathy in what, what you're going to say so that people kind of feel capacity. You tug at their heartstrings, their emotions are going to be more likely to have you give. And remember, it's just a straight numbers game. <clears throat> if people choose not to give you anything, just, just don't spend time on them. Right? Focus just on lots of people because the more people you see, the better opportunity you have. So, so move quickly and be efficient. Right, Just lots of people. Just let them go. Finally, stay safe. 
Okay, we gotta we gotta stay safe. Um, learn the laws in your land, like where you can beg and where you can't. It's been outlawed in some downtowns and some places like Portland, Oregon, doesn't permit panhandling anymore. But be friendly to other beggars because you never know when you're, it's going to be have a territorial dispute because you're going to go in there and there's going to be a problem. Watch out for the no soliciting or no loitering signs. Don't don't go in front of them. Um, and if someone tells you to move, just move. It's just easier rather than. Uh, making up a, a fuss, especially if you're alone and, and vulnerable. And stash your money frequently. If you're begging, chances are you're getting some money. If you don't keep it on you, like stash it away and figure out some places where you, where you can do it. It's um, Robbers frequently target beggars because they know that they have some money. And uh, it's not a great idea to carry your cash around. Okay, guys, you got it? Training session's done. Go out and beg. Do beggars need that? They don't. And too often, in teaching prayer, people tell you, okay, how to pray, this is what you do. You, you get this, and you get your prayer journal, and you get all this, you get all this set, and, and then do it here, and do it this time of the day, and, and do it here, and say these things, and kind of put your list down. And, and I would just say this, you don't need to teach a poor man to beg, right? Their needs are too great, nowhere else to turn. They beg or they go hungry, and here it is. You don't need to teach a godly man how to pray. Because a godly man knows his sin and knows the glory of God and knows his need and he pours out his heart before God as a beggar would pour out his heart just seeking anything. Psalm 86, 1 and 2. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. I am poor and needy. And see, the godly man understands that we're poor and needy. Uh, we may have some wealth in the world, and we may, but, but when it comes before God, we are, are broken and undone, and we just need His grace. And through Christ Jesus, we are rich. And that's where our riches come. But when the need in your life is great enough to catch your attention... I guarantee every single one of you will pray with passion. When something befalls your kids and they're in the hospital, you'll go to the chapel in the hospital and you will pour out your heart towards God in tears. When, when someone begins to, to strike and hit, when financially right, you face some troubles and difficulties and you, you lost your job or some investment came crashing down or some, some house burned without insurance and you, you will pour out your heart to God when you are in desperate situations or some relationship or some marriage or some problem with friends. You, when it hurts enough, you will pray passionately enough because when you're hungry, you'll pray for your daily bread and when you realize your weakness, you'll pray for your need. Well, let me just give you a short advice. I just say this. Pray every day. Pray every day. That's what Luke eleven three teaches us. Give us each day our daily bread. So if Jesus is talking about praying for your daily bread, that, that means every day you pray for your bread. So that means we should pray every day. Psalm 145, I will extol you, O God, my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Every day I'm going to praise you. So pray every day. Pray for the day. And again, this is about the daily bread. If we're praying for daily food, then we're praying that God would provide the food for today. Remember when Jesus was teaching about anxiety? 
He said, if God so raised the grass of the field, right, the flowers which are alive today and thrown tomorrow into the oven, will he not much more clothe you of men of faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles all seek after these things. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. But when the trouble comes today, be praying today. So pray for the day. Pray every day. Pray for the day. Pray all the day. Jesus said that we ought always to pray and not grow faint. Luke 11, 18, verse 11. Paul said, pray without ceasing. That is, live every day in constant communion with God. Now, how, how, how do you do that? When, you, when you're living, you've got to be thinking about other things. How can you commune with God? Well, just in spare glimpses of time, realize you're always in the presence of your Maker and just be offering up prayers even for help and for guidance about what to do next or how to encounter this. And you can do that. Just a pattern, just a, a heart of prayer that's always praying. Just the beggar, everyone he meets, he's always, he's always asking. You can always be asking for God just about your, your daily burden. And those, that, I mean, that can be really simple. I mean... You remember Nehemiah when uh, he stood um, before the king and the king says, hey, why do you have such a sorrowful face? And um, it's in Nehemiah. I got to I got to check it here. It's it's Nehemiah chapter two. Um, He said, why? Why is your heart feeling sad? And um, he said this. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? Remember, he'd heard about about the city in Jerusalem all all down and all, all downtrodden and just burden his heart and he's sad. And the king says, <clears throat> what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of the father's graves, that I may rebuild it. Did you catch it there? Having a conversation. And Nehemiah, between a question and his answer said, I prayed. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor, let me go and rebuild the tombs of my fathers. That's praying throughout the day. That's praying all the day. So church family, let's pray every day. Let's pray for the day. Let's pray all the day, living in constant communion with God. Well, getting back to Luke 11, we have Jesus here focusing on our physical needs and then he focuses here upon our, our spiritual need. That is our need for forgiveness. And, and perhaps this is a need where if you're walking and living every day, you're, you're going to see your sin and, and, and you're going to see your failures there. Oh God, forgive me, help me. Oh God, I need your forgiveness, I need your help. Oh God, I need your help. What to do? Because because you walk through life, you, you, you'll sin whether it's a response or whether it's you know some, something else just happens or your your attitude and it just comes constantly. Just constantly, I think this is the idea, right? Forgive us our sins. Forgive me my sins. And then he says, I, I'm forgiving other people, right? People, right? They did something wrong against me. I'm not holding it against them. In fact, even in, in Matthew, it says, right. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven the sins of others. So basically, you're praying, if you pray the Lord's Prayer, that God, look at the way I forgive other people, and God, you forgive me that same way. But if you're constantly 
asking forgiveness of God, and then praying that you might not be led into temptation. Just constantly, oh God, lead me not. I, I need to walk that right and narrow way. I need your help. I need your strength. God, lead me not in the way of the temptation, not in the way of the pull of the flesh. I want to walk the straight way with you, God. Oh, let me, let me, keep me on the path. And you're constantly praying just for your, your spiritual help. And the promise is that no temptation is overtaking you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, is going to provide for you a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So God is faithful. He's not going to tempt you beyond what you can. And so, but you've got to pray for that and seek the strength to walk in His way. That is your greatest need. Okay? Beyond just your physical need. Your physical need is great. Your daily concerns are great. But there is your, your spiritual need, which is good. Okay, how do we pray? God first, then us. God in His great glory and us in our tiny minutiae of any problem and difficulty we have. Let's cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. So let's pray. Oh, Father, I pray that You would teach us to pray. That we would be those who would realize Your greatness, oh God, and Your, your sovereignty and Your majesty. That you are involved in our, in our life, in our plan. God, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, O oh God. We are, are coming to you because we're coming in Christ, in whom there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. O oh God, you are the maker and the creator and sustainer of all things. And may you help us to develop at Rock Valley Bible Church just a a heart for prayer. God, that will express itself in many different circles, many different times. But God, may we be a dependent people on you to see you build your church in your way, in your time. We love you and thank you for Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.